Hello everyone and welcome to episode number 72 of the Building Strength Podcast. I'm your host, Theo Lim, and it is now January 30. Can't believe it. How has January already flown by? So, on today's podcast, it's going to be a decade in review, the top 10 lessons that I've learned in the last 10 years. So I can't wait to share those with you guys. Shout outs to Jess for the podcast suggestion. She asked me like, what were the three biggest challenges of the last decade for me? What were the three biggest wins? And honestly, I already recorded an episode going through exactly that. But I decided not to release it because it got a little too um, got a little too emotional. I think so. When when she asked me, you know, what were the three biggest challenges? The first one that came to mind, the number one challenge in my life so far, is um, is my father's brain injury. So maybe some of you guys know this, maybe some of you don't, but. Basically, that episode that I already recorded, it basically became a 40, 45 minute thing of just me talking about that. And I'm not sure that that's what the people want, as well as me not being sure whether I wanted to fully share that episode. I got to go back and listen to it, though. I haven't really listened to it yet, but I decided to record I decided to gather my thoughts, so that that was a great uh, first run at it, but it gave me a chance to gather my thoughts, really focus, and give you guys some awesome, give you guys an awesome podcast episode. So let's go back to that. Some of you guys may know, some of you might not. I, I used to talk about it a bit more, but lately I don't think I've been talking about it as much. Um, so my father was in a motor vehicle accident. He was on a motorcycle. He collided with a truck or like a pickup truck. And he had a traumatic brain injury. This was about three years ago now, I think. I think that was 2016 or 2017. So that that really affected us greatly. Um, that was That has affected us greatly and... We've all kind of grown from that, but that's definitely the biggest challenge of my life so far. But I'll touch on that a little later. So I wanted to share today the 10 lessons I learned in the last 10 years. I'm going to talk a little about some personal stuff, some work stuff, but uh, I think you're going to enjoy it. So hang back. Whatever you're doing right now, whether you're driving, whether you're at home doing some chores, or you're just chilling. Hope you guys are having a great year so far. As I said, cannot believe it's the end of January already. So, without further ado, let's jump right in. So, number one lesson I've learned over the last 10 years is that we are in full control of our actions and our attitude. 
like we're we're in full control of the energy that we bring to the world around us and our attitude around just life in general so one one thing i really like is like instead of saying you know i have to do this i have to record this podcast or i have to go to work or i have to go have lunch with my parents it's like no i get to record this podcast i get to go to work or i get to have lunch with my parents right so i think just acknowledging that you know there's not a lot of things that we do control in life right like a lot of things happen and we can't really control them but we are in control of how we can how we react to them right or how we choose to react to them so number one lesson I've learned is like, you know, it it starts from us. Like we have to bring, like when we enter the world or go into the world with a good attitude or a positive attitude, that's generally the energy that we're going to get back from other people. And then in addition to this, I think like how we make people feel is so important. And for me as a coach, that's something I try to do every time I'm coaching someone. It's like, yeah, the X's and O's of coaching are important. How many reps, how many sets, your form, how someone's doing something, why this is important. That's all important. But at the end of the day, if they feel good from our training session, that's a win, right? So how we make people feel is so important and it's just like all in all just our energy our vibes like people feel that so being aware of that is super important and something that i work on daily because it's it's the daily work so one thing that i really enjoyed was um, one of the guys i listen to sometimes his name is ed milet his he said in one podcast is like whether you know it or not or whether you're conscious of it or not we're always making people feel a certain way so if we're listening to someone talk it's like however we're responding or however we're acting we're telling that person like oh this is interesting or they're boring or you're they're wasting your time so no matter whether we're conscious of it or not, we're always making people feel a certain way. So we might as well be aware of that, right? And do our best to, you know, just give good energy. So number one lesson right here that I've learned is that we're in control of our actions and our attitude. Full control. So number two, second one everyone is going through something so be kind right and you know as a so i'm talking about the last 10 years i'm 27 right now so in 2010 i had just graduated from high school i was a 17 year old punk and you know when you're or maybe not everyone but me 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23. You know, you, I thought I was the shit. Like, my shit doesn't stink, you know. 
and it was very like everything was very like ego driven as in like me against the world just me i'm the only one going through whatever it is i was going through like you know no one else is no one else understands but really as you grow older as you kind of experience more things you kind of realize like oh shit everyone's kind of struggling in a similar way or everyone's going through their own struggle right so again just like number one just being aware of that and doing my best every day to be kind to the people that I come into contact with and I'll touch it I'll touch on it now like this didn't really hit me until my father's um brain injury like and then it was like oh that was the first time in my life that something you know something unfortunate something bad really happened to the to our family you know before that it was all it was all sunshine and rainbows like everything was good life was good um everyone's healthy everyone's good and then boom i remember like actually i don't really remember a whole lot from that time period so a little more background info It was a pretty um, severe injury, as in, I think that night when he was in the critical care unit, I think that night he had like a few emergency surgeries already. He, they had to, I think the term is like, induce him into a coma so that he could, I guess, recover in a slightly less stressful environment. So that was tough. Like no one really knew what was happening. We were all kind of there at the hospital. Um, This was like the middle of the day. I remember that day. I remember that morning. I remember like a bit of that day. And then I think the next two years were just a blur. I was just like coasting. We, you know, doing our best to figure things out and readjust to our new situation. Right. So. Yeah, he was in the critical care unit uh, for a little bit. Then the intensive care unit. It was a lot of like hospital time over the next year, year and a half, I think. Um, And like, I'll touch on this a bit more, but kudos to my mom. She was there like by his side every single day from the day that it happened and even today, right? So... Yeah, I, it it was definitely a big adjustment. It's been a big adjustment. It still is. There's just a lot to it. But yeah, until until that happened, you know, I didn't really get I didn't really get it. Like I hadn't encountered anything that you know, that required or that that affected me so much. So Until then, I thought like everyone was, you know, I didn't really truly understand anyone else's struggle until we faced our own struggle. So through that, that really helped me like, oh shit, okay, everyone's kind of got their own thing. 
however major, however minor, but like everyone's got their own like personal obstacles. And okay, that kind of changed my mindset around how I was operating in terms of me as a human being. It's like, okay, you don't really know what people are dealing with. It's just better to be nice rather than not, right? So that was definitely number two. Everyone's going through something. So, you know, just be be nice to people. It's the, it's the right thing to do, right? So number three um, kind of ties in. Family and friends are so important. And your family doesn't necessarily have to be the people you were born, the family you were born into, right? You can create your own family. But family and friends are so important and meaningful relationships are all we really have. And just last week, we, uh, the world got shook. We lost Kobe Bryant. And I was reading something, I think just yesterday, and, you know, a lot of people right now, now that they've, okay, like that happened and obviously no one expected it. And it's like, oh shit, like, you know, tomorrow's not really promised. And um, the people around you, just let them know that you, let them know that you love them. Make it known, right? Because, you know. Things can happen at any time. And why I'm bringing this up is because someone was writing like, uh, in terms of like family, friends, like you can't uh, always put that on the back burner. Like it's very easy in our, in our society right now, including myself, it's very easy to be like, to put so much value on work and progress and growth and you know growing our growing our careers and pursuing different things and all that good stuff right that's all great but in that arena the moment we're not we're no longer here like someone else will take your position no problem at your job like everyone that I coach someone else can coach them no problem right So we're all like fairly replaceable in those regards. But in terms of our family, in terms of our friends, you can't really replace a dad, a mom, a husband, a wife, a daughter, a son, or like a best friend, right? So although it's great to be driven, um, say, in our careers or in our own personal growth, it's also so important to, you know, just cherish what we have now, right? So family, friends, super important. Tell them you love them. It's like, it's like, oh, fuck. My grandmother is getting old, older. I think she's like 92 right now. And fuck, man. Every time I see her, you know, sometimes grandmothers like to talk a little more and they may be repeating the same stories and it's easy to like get frustrated or annoyed or impatient with that stuff. And I, I just constantly remind myself like, look, she's getting up there in age. I've heard this story a million times, but that's cool. 
that's cool. Just be nice. And like, I really don't want to regret like a shitty last interaction with someone. That's, um, for me, that's one of those things I'm more so now very painfully aware of like, okay, this could literally be our last, our last interaction ever. Just be nice. Just be nice and show them love. Right. So number three, tell your friends, tell your family that they're awesome. If they're awesome. Number four, this is a big one. I think our biggest struggles usually lead to our biggest wins. As in, you know, as I was saying earlier, like everyone deals with shit, right? Everyone goes through stuff and, you know, it's not the, it's not the most pleasant thing. It can suck. But generally, like that pain, that suffering, that kind of helps us develop our character. That kind of helps us become better people, right? Like through the through the struggle, through the pain, through the suffering, that's kind of where that growth happens, right? As people. And again, as I was saying, like, so in terms of my dad, so he, he wasn't able to return back to work. He, he desperately wanted to, he tried for a little bit, but him and then my mom, basically being his full-time caregiver, they're basically forced into early retirement, right? So as I said, it's like, it's been a really big adjustment in terms of our family dynamic. Like before my father used to take care of a lot of things, you know, he, there were a lot of things that he would do that like, you know, as a, as a partnership, as a couple, him and my mom, they had, they split up their responsibilities and, you know, each person played their own role in terms of our family. But since his injury, it's like things have changed drastically. Like our, our mom now has, my mom now has to be, um, kind of the person in charge. She has to take on a lot of responsibilities that, maybe she never had to before and i say are because i have a sister i have an older sister she's three years older than me she's getting married this may so super excited about that but yeah our our family dynamic has changed a lot and you know it it's it's taken a lot of time to adjust to i'd say we're doing a pretty good job at adjusting, but we're still definitely adjusting. Um, it's like my relationship with my father. That's probably been one of those big things that affect me when I, when I think about it a little bit more, like it's no longer him as, I don't know how to say that, but actually I don't want to say that still don't want to say it. I, there's some things I still haven't uh, completely come to terms with or like haven't completely acknowledged because it sucks, but we'll leave that for another day. <laughs> so I'd say like our, 
it's been a struggle the last three years. So we were in and out of hospitals for about a year and a half. That was tough because with the brain injury, like no one really knows what's going on. Like the doctors don't really know. I remember, I remember like wanting to ask them so bad, like, okay, um, his memory, there's some memory loss. Short-term memory is a little um, affected. Long-term memory is a bit affected. Okay, will he ever gain that back? Um, will he ever be the same? And it's like no one, no one really knows with the brain injury. It's different, right? Because the brain's such an interesting thing. It's like someone tears their ACL or hurts their shoulder or breaks their wrist. You know, there's a general timeline to someone's recovery. But we realized very early on, like, man, the doctors don't really know much more than we know. Or the nurses don't really know much more than we know. It's like everyone's kind of just hoping for the best. It's kind of with the brain injury. I think a lot of it was like, okay, let's, what kind, what's the best environment we can put this person in so that their, their body and their brain can do the work that it needs to in order to recover, right? So, our family journey, it's been, that's probably been the biggest struggle of my life. Um, and you know what? I, although it, it kind of sucks, of course it sucks, but although it sucks, although it's affected us greatly, one of those things that I continue to remind myself is like, fuck, at least, at least I still have my father, right? At least he's still alive and now he's healthy right he might not be the exact same person but he's still fucking awesome he's still a pleasure to be around um my father is like one of the kindest the most warm-hearted patient people ever and he's just a joker he loves to joke he loves to laugh he loves to dance he likes singing as well but uh, he's just all around a good time to be. Like, he's just a fun person to be around. I think one of the other struggles that probably all of us deal with, maybe, maybe not, but I think that, like, inner struggle, that inner work, there's always that, like, struggle of maybe the lack of self-belief or, like, self-doubt. I think a lot of that... I think a lot of that happens as well. And for me, it's just like the, as I said earlier, that daily work of kind of overcoming that self-talk, like instead of asking ourselves like, okay, what happens if that doesn't work out? Just always kind of in that mindset versus, but you know, what, what would happen if that did work out? So I think that inner work is like the daily struggle, the daily work. I think that's probably the hardest for myself personally. So let me move on from that. Uh, let me see. Number five. So number five, something I learned very early on, probably like the earliest lesson out of all of these. Number lesson number five, pay yourself first, pay yourself first. So 
I learned this when I was like 16, 17 years old, when I first um, started working, started getting some paychecks. I don't know what led me to it, but I read, I read The Wealthy Barber very early on. And I think at the time, his general recommendation was like, pay yourself first. Before you pay any of your other bills, pay yourself 10% of your income. Put it aside and don't touch it. And it's like, if you can't do 10%, that's okay. Do 5%. Can't do 5%, do 2%. It doesn't really matter. What's what's important is us building the discipline of paying ourselves first, right? So <clears throat> one good example of this is like, the government pays themselves first. If you work a regular job and you get your paychecks once a week or twice a week, whatever, the government has figured it out. You get taxed, right? The money that you get into your account if you work a regular job is after tax. So the government actually pays themselves first, which, so that's what we need to do. So, Setting that up has been, again, that's one of my earliest lessons and I've done this till this to this day, whether I was making, I look back on it because I, I track, um, if you guys have listened to previous episodes, I track my income, I track my expenses, I've tracked my income for a very long time now and I was looking back on it like to my earliest paychecks bi-weekly paycheck of like $250, you know, which meant my monthly income was like 500 bucks at the time as a 16, 17 year old, maybe earlier, which meant my yearly income was $6,000, a whopping $6,000. But I was able to build this discipline and it's okay if you haven't done this before. No one really teaches us this. There are a couple things they don't really teach us in school. And this is one of them. So paying yourself first, building this discipline, that's been one of the biggest, biggest things that have helped me. And how you do it is basically, okay, just pick a percentage or an amount, a dollar amount. And with your checkings account in your bank, like the probably the account that your paycheck gets deposited into, you can generally make multiple checkings account or like a high interest savings account at your at your bank, right? So on your banking website or your app, you can have multiple checkings or savings account. And basically what you do is you set up a pre-authorized withdrawal or a pre-authorized contribution. Say say you want to do $100 out of every paycheck. Assuming you get paid twice a twice a month, <clears throat> that's two hundred dollars a month. So you can do a pre-authorized like withdrawal, which means you don't actually have to do it. You just have to set it one time, and the bank will do it for you. So this is one of the key things. Like it has to be automatic, so it just happens, and you and then it's on you to not touch it. So the next part of this is kind of to make it a bit more difficult to withdraw that money. So whether there are charges or whether you make this account at another bank and you just can't access it, that's a good idea as well. But paying yourself first has is the number one thing I advise 
if you're just starting out or maybe you've never done this before, maybe you've never heard this before, highly recommend. Even, and one of the common things is like, one of the common objections to this is like, oh, I don't make enough money to save any money. And that's, that's totally, that's not, that's not right. Cause like, yeah, you do, you, you make some kind of income. You can, if you can put away $25, that's cool. Do $25. If you can do, if you can only do $10, that's cool. Put away $10. But the main thing is building the discipline and building it early because then when you start to make more money, you start bringing in more income, then you can raise your, the percentage that you're paying yourself first. But if you don't, what often happens is like, okay, you're making X amount, but you're not paying yourself first. You're not putting money away. So what happens is generally you're going to spend that money. And then when you start to make more money, you'll probably start to spend more money. You know, it's, it's a common thing. And, and then, so in that pattern, you'll never actually have I'm doing air quotes, like enough money to save, right? So putting that, paying yourself first, building that discipline, super important. Do that, do that. So that's number five. So I'm going to transition now into more training focused stuff. Number six lesson I've learned is that quality preparation usually leads to quality performance in life and in the gym as in if you take the time to prepare to know like let's talk about the gym you take the time to prepare you recover well you sleep well you drink water so you're hydrated and you eat the right foods your performance in the gym is probably going to go well just like outside of the gym you prepare for a job interview you prepare for a meeting, you prepare for a presentation. The more you prepare, generally, your performance will also be as good, right? So quality preparation will usually lead to quality performance. And one thing I one thing I've been asking people a little bit when we talk about this kind of stuff is like, Maybe something you could ask yourself is, what makes you feel good? Like, what makes you happy? What makes you feel a sense of renewal? And then, you know, wait, wait for, wait for them to answer that. And then it's like, okay, that's great. That's great that you know. Number one, you have to know what makes you feel good and what makes you happy, right? Because if you don't know, then you might never ever, you might never feel good or be happy. But Generally, I think people have a good idea of what makes them feel good, what makes them happy, what gives them a sense of renewal. And then the next step is like, okay, how often am I actually doing these things? So I think that just like, just like above, just like that first thing I said is we're in full control of our actions and our attitude, right? But we, the things we do on a daily basis will either help us develop a more positive attitude or not as in 
yeah, there are just, there's a lot of, we as humans make like thousands, hundreds and hundreds or thousands of choices a day. And it's like when you consistently make good choices for yourself or for the other people around you, you know, you feel pretty good about that. Things go fairly well. On the other hand, if we consistently make poor choices, you know, things are maybe not going to go so well. And I'm not sitting here saying that I always make the right choices. I definitely make a lot of poor choices. So, which is why I'm sitting here and talking about this. Because I know what it feels like to feel good, but I also know what it feels like to really not feel good, right? So, which is why I'm talking about this, as I said. So, pardon me if this this, uh, part right here gets weird because... The podcast app that I down, that I record with kind of just shut down on me. But I think we're good. All right, number seven. Number seven. Find your own lane, or rather, make your own lane. So this is for more of a career thing. So as you may know, I'm a coach. I'm a trainer. I do I do a lot of strength training, a lot of movement training. And there's a lot there are a lot of trainers out there. There are a lot of other trainers out there and now with social media, there's a lot of you see a lot of stuff and you see a lot of other trainers doing stuff and it's very easy to kind of get caught up in all that. I'm saying this because I'm on social media a lot. If you don't follow me on Instagram, you should at theodore.lim. But I'm on I'm on my phone a lot, so I I definitely consume a lot of content. I consume a lot of other people's stuff, which is both good and bad. But as a trainer in the social media space, it's very easy to get caught up into like what other people are doing. And you know what? This is pro- this probably applies to all careers out there. I just find social media kind of multiplies that by like a hundred times. But it's really easy to be like, even if you're, even if you, you do something else, say you're a contractor or like a, you own a salon or, you know, you're like a, you're a designer whatever it may be, it's very easy to be like, oh man, that person's doing that. That looks so cool. Like, look at the feedback they're getting on that. How come I'm not doing that? Maybe I should do that. And I find it's really easy to get caught up in that. And one thing that I want to say here is like, just do your thing. Do your own thing. Be comfortable with what you're doing. Believe in yourself. Because, you know, that other person, it might look cool and you you might think that you need to do that, but no, man, that might not be the right thing for you. You just got to stay in your lane, find your own lane, and then make your own lane, right? Just do your own thing. So how I can relate to that is as a trainer, it's like 
there are so many people posting stuff on social media like exercise tutorials or this and that um hype videos of like oh look at all look at all this cool stuff um my clients are doing or that i'm doing with like really intense music and a lot of cutscenes. like that's really popular and it looks cool but i'm personally not into that a lot of people have you know suggested suggested like you know why don't you make uh like a promo video like that i'm like yeah that'd be cool but it's not really my thing and i find when it's not really your thing it's not authentic to yourself it doesn't it just doesn't feel right so definitely definitely just like focus on what you're good at and someone once told me it's like he was like theo you know why people come train with you right like you know why they come to train with you right and i was like i don't know it's because i know stuff about movement and strength training they're like yeah a little bit but they come to train with you because you're you right they they feed off of your energy they like you for who you are and of course it's a big bonus if you know your shit but you know whatever it is that you do it's like you bring your own unique character and your own unique perspective and energy to that thing right so it's better to kind of own that and pave your own way rather than try to conform to what everyone else is doing so for me as a trainer it's like i find the natural timeline of a trainer is like okay you start training people maybe you're renting space from someone and then it's like the next big step is to open up your own facility and then maybe hire other trainers so i've kind of done that as i've as i've shared in the last episode we're about two full weeks now into training i'm training clients now out of my home gym i was renting space before at a facility but i brought my whole operation into a 300 square foot space it's it's small it's humble but we have everything we need and it's just going to keep getting better but for and now my clients are like some of my clients are like oh what's the next thing are you gonna do you want your own gym and in my mind it's like i'm not really sure i'm really not sure let me see what i can build in this space first let's see what we can do in this space but me personally i'm not super attached to having a ginormous space like a 5000 square foot gym maybe a thousand square feet a thousand five hundred square feet but i'm not really into not things might change opportunities might come up but me currently i'm not super attached that's not like the end goal i'm not necessarily attached to taking on a really big overhead especially in toronto but i'm not necessarily attached to that end goal i think there are a lot of opportunities in the small to mid-range size business but again we'll get there when we get there and another thing i find is like so i work at myo detox performance we run big large group classes you know there are classes morning lunch evening in order to run something like that uh, you have to hire other trainers unless you were trying to run every class on your own which is doable but 
I don't know how feasible that is, but so then you have to hire on other trainers. You have to um, pay them. So there's again, more overhead. And then for me, like the whole, the whole um, thing about most of the gyms are like unlimited memberships, right? So you pay a monthly fee and you could you can go to any class you want, which is great from a consumer standpoint. Like I, if I was trying to train in a certain environment or gym and they offered me unlimited classes, there are a lot of time slots. There are a lot of different classes you can go to. That's pretty sweet from a consumer standpoint. But for me, it's like, I'm not really sure if that's the thing for me in terms of training people. I kind of like that more intimate environment. Uh, get to kind of teach. I'm, I'm a technique guy. You guys know this. I'm a technician in and out. So for me, like that smaller intimate environment, that's kind of for me. So yeah, just in terms of your career, in terms of what you do, find your own lane. It's okay. Like compare yourself to you. I find like it happens in the gym a lot. Someone it's happening right now with someone I work with. It's like, she's doing great. There's so much progress. It's awesome. But it's like, she sees someone else doing something. It's like, oh man, look at that person. I can't do that. And then it's like, it totally sabotages all the progress that she's making. But you know, we'll get there. We'll get there. So compare, compare yourself to you, compare yourself to the person you were a year ago or six months ago or yesterday, right? All right, moving on. Number eight, number eight, more career talk, more coaching talk. If you don't go after it, you'll never get it, right? So in your career, in your life, it's like that classic uh, quote, if you never ask, the answer will always be no, right? So you like, you like that person across the room? Just say hi and ask them. But uh, <laughs> getting back to topic. Um, so if you don't go after it, you'll never get it. As in, again, this kind of comes back to the self-belief thing. The self-talk or self-doubt just being aware of that kind of stuff and learning how to overcome it i think even for me like a lot of stuff it's like okay this is i think this would be super cool but what if it doesn't work out and then it's just like thinking about all the things that could go wrong versus all the things that could go right so fear is definitely a big thing right here right and fear the acronym is a uh, false events appearing real because fear isn't really a real thing like fear is kind of a made-up thing that it's a mental construct right that we think about like we think about okay what if this doesn't work out and i think we all probably do this to some extent every single day and i think just uh becoming aware of those things and believing in yourself believing in your own abilities the value that you can provide and contribute to whatever it is that you want to contribute i think that's important and for me as a coach you know when i first started 
this whole coaching thing and putting myself out there and talking to people and learning how to talk to potential clients and really understanding like, okay, a lot of it is just um, like a lot of it is just fear. Like I just need to get over it as in just even just last week. So I have a client who not even I have a potential client. She reached out to me one month ago. And at this point, it's been a long time. It's like it's kind of it's advised to, you know, you can't let things sit this long. Right. But she reached out to me a, a month ago, just around that Christmas time. So it was kind of tough to get together. And then I reached out again to her after the New Year's just to say, you know, hey, what's up? Um, I know you reached out to me. Like, if you're still interested in doing our first meeting, let me know what your availability is like. And she didn't reply to that. And for me, I could have been like, all right, whatever. Let me forget about it. Move on. But just yesterday, I was in my emails. I was sending out a bunch of emails and I said, you know what, let me uh, let me try one last time. So I hit her up again and I was like, um, hey, I, I know I haven't heard from you, but this is the last time I'm going to follow up. Uh, so if you're still interested in doing this, let me know. We'll make it happen next week, right? And boom, 10 minutes later, she replies back to me. She's like, sorry, I've been really busy. January, you know, you know the deal. January is a busy time. It's like, let's set, the, set something up for next Tuesday. Boom. So it's like, if I had never asked... If I had never, if I didn't go for it again, it's like the answer would have always been no, right? And what's the worst thing that could have happened? She would have said no again and or not replied, which is cool, right? So just go after it. Make it happen. You got this. Believe in yourself. Okay, number nine, lead by example. I think this is such a big one, lead by example. It's something I'm trying to do a better job at something I've been focusing on a lot is just leading by example, both as a coach, as a friend, as a family member, as a human being, just trying to lead by example, just like shutting my mouth a lot more, which sometimes can be hard for me, but just shutting up and letting my actions speak, right? So it's like, I find, which is why I post the things I post on Instagram. Like, look, I'm not going to try to convince you that this is the right way to do things. I'm not, I'm not really doing that anymore. I'm just like, look, this is what I'm doing and look at it, how it's working. And yeah, it's, uh, I'm feeling good about this. This is what I'm doing. I'm feeling good. I'm making gains. Oh, look, this is what my clients are doing. And they're making gains. They're feeling good. Look how well they move now. So I'm just like, I'm no longer in that trying to convince people mode. Like, look, you should come and do this. You should come and do this. It's like, no, well, this is what I'm doing. If you think that this will help you or this resonates with you, yeah, come on in and let's try it out, right? I find one of my worst, one of my least favorite words is should. I really try my best not to say should anymore. Because should is such a shit word. Whether you're saying it to yourself or whether you're saying it to someone else. I find like, I feel like it happens a lot in my family. 
or maybe it's just like, or no, anywhere really. But it's like people telling other people like, oh, you should do this or you should do that. And really just not a fan of that. It's like, so anyway, I try to catch myself now. I really try not to use that word at all. There are two words I really hate. I don't like hope, hope and should. Like, I hope I can make it to the gym next week. It's like, mm, why are you hoping about that? Why don't you just, just schedule it in and make it happen? And should, like, you should eat this or you should drink this or you should do this. It's just like, again, as I said, I'm really consciously trying to do less of that and more of like, mm, do you want to do that? Do you think it'll help you? If you do, cool. Maybe, maybe you could do that. But anyway, moving on, leading by example is something I'm trying to do a lot more. And... Yeah, I think uh, I feel pretty good about that, I got to say. So the last thing, number 10, put yourself first. And I kind of talked about that earlier. Put yourself first because I really believe that, you know, the relationship that you have with yourself will transcend into every other relationship that you have, right? Whether it's with your partner or your family or your friends, coworkers, clients like if i'm in a good place i'm going to bring good energy to the world around me but if i'm not taking care of myself i'm not in a good place i might not be as patient or tolerant with other people right so putting yourself first i think that's super important It's like, as I said earlier, it's like, what makes you feel good? What makes you happy? And then it's like, how often are you doing those things? So those are my top 10 lessons of the last 10 years. It's been an interesting 10 years, I got to say. In my unreleased episode, which if you want me to release, you're going to have to message me and tell me to release it. And then maybe I'll consider it. But I talked a lot more about like, my development over the last 10 years, which I'll touch on right now. I gotta say, it's been an interesting 10 years. Did I think I'd be here where I am right now 10 years ago? Absolutely not. I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I really had no idea. I was actually a very different person in terms of how driven I am now. Like I, I was never really a very driven person in terms of basically anything outside of the gym, I didn't really care about. I started lifting weights when I was 15 and that developed a lot of, that helped me develop a lot of who I am now, as in like a lot of the discipline, a lot of the consistency, just a lot of the hard work was developed from a very early age. But in terms of like, I was the kind of person who was like, I don't know what I'm going to do, but it's okay because I can always like be a 
I can always just live at a temple and be a monk or something. I don't need money for that. But, you know, life's a little different now. <laughs> or my other job, my other dream job early on was a like a forest ranger or a park ranger at a national park. I still think that would be super cool. At a really super cool national park or like a state park or a provincial park, I'd be down. But yeah, I was always pretty laid back about that kind of stuff until I think one of the driving factors was definitely like my my father's brain injury that that changed a lot as in so as i said there my parents are no longer working they had worked all their lives up to that point they had set themselves up fairly well and when i saw that i was like oh shit it's good that they work so hard because if they had not where the hell would they be now right now that they can't work so that definitely changed a lot for me. So yeah, it's been an interesting 10 years, 2010 to 2020. I think the next 10 years are going to be even bigger. As I said, I'm 27 now, going to be 37 in 10 years. Like these next 10 years, these are going to be the ones, right? In terms of setting myself up, setting up my family. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. I'm looking forward to it and... You know, sometimes I, as I said at the start, like I don't really talk a lot about what happened with my dad anymore. It's like we're, we've, we've grown from it. We've kind of, we've, we've all developed a lot, but sometimes I do like to share it just like, you know, this is what happened to us. And I feel like for other people, when they meet my parents, my parents are like local celebrities, by the way. They're, uh, they're always out and about. They've joined like so many programs and so many things in the last two, three years that they're like local celebrities. I love it. And they're really, as I said, they're both super like good natured people, always smiling. So I think they just have that kind of energy that people gravitate towards. But I like to share that sometimes because I think it... Uh, Again, the whole leading by example thing. It's like, like, look, this this really shitty thing happened to us. Really, it happened to us. Um, but, you know, we're doing all right. Things are going well. Life is good. Everyone's here. Everyone's healthy. So I hope you guys, you guys have enjoyed this episode. I'd say, let me close it out here. For the next 10 years, you know, I just want to continue doing good in this world, giving out good energy, bringing positive energy, being kind to people, being kind to myself, developing more like developing thicker skin as I, I think as I gain more experience with the ups and downs of self-employment or running your own business as i gain more experience i think i'll be able to improve on a lot of things that i struggle with today so i just want to continue being a better human better coach better son better brother partner friend 
you know, I'm not, um, there are a lot of things that I feel like I could improve on. And that's for me, the daily work. And I don't know, in terms of like, in terms of life, obviously I want to set things up so that me and my family live a good life as in a life that we choose, you know, where we have a good amount of freedom to do the things we want to do. Like at the end of the day, for me, that's the biggest thing. It's like, I'm doing all of this right now so that I can do whatever the hell I want to do. And to a certain extent, I'm doing that right now. I feel like I currently I have a good amount of freedom, but I kind of want all of this in a, in a bigger scale as in, yeah, there's a lot, there's still a lot of growing to do, but I try to remind myself like, you know, life is already, already pretty good for me. Like, although I have big dreams and I have a big vision of how I want, like say my day to day to look like in 10, 20, 30 years my current day-to-day is already pretty solid and I try not to take that for granted because for me, like this is what makes a good day for me. This is what makes a great day for me. There are really only a few things. Okay. A couple things that make a great day for me. I get to train. I get to exercise. That's a big part of my life. Um, I get to see my family. My parents live like five minutes away. So I get to see my family, I get to see my girl, maybe I hang out with my friends, have a couple of good friends, shout outs to them, I don't talk about them a lot, but yeah, shout outs to them, and then I get to help people in some capacity, right now it's coaching people, but I love helping people, I love helping people like outside of the gym as well. And then, so for me, it's like, okay, I get to train, I get to see my fam, get to see my girl, my friends, I get to help people in a meaningful way, make a positive impact in their lives. And then if I get to eat the food I like to eat, that's awesome. If I get to drink coffee multiple times a day, that's awesome. And yeah, I like even right now, I have the freedom to sit here and record a one-hour podcast and it's like, okay, life is already pretty solid. But then for me, it's like having more, even more freedom to say, I, I like to travel. I would like to incorporate a lot more travel into my life over the next 10 years. But that's, again, you need to set yourself up so you have the ability to do that, right? So those are kind of my last words. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I know it was a bit a bit choppy here and there. Got lost sometimes. Sometimes when I talk about the situation with my family, I get lost in my own thoughts. There's a lot of there's a lot of stuff going on there. So, thank you guys for listening. Appreciate your patience going to keep these podcasts coming to you and guys if you ever have any feedback any suggestions let me know until next time peace